0: Welcome to PwC IFRS Talks, your source of all things IFRS. Technical accounting matters, business issues, current standard setting, and regulatory updates. I'm your host, Ruth Preedy. In today's episode, we are looking at a broader reporting landscape, sneaking away from just the financial statements. And I'm very excited to be joined by our UK Corporate Reporting Leader, Mark O'Sullivan. Welcome to the studio, Mark.
1: Thank you very much.
0: I'm happy to see a new face in the studio. It's very exciting.
1: Breath of fresh air.
0: Exactly. So first of all, before we get into it, tell us a little bit about your role, Mark. What do you do?
1: Yeah, so it's, it's a bit of a loose title, isn't it? Corporate reporting. But I very much focus on the front end of reporting. So under my umbrella, I have sort of strategic reporting, corporate governance, integrated reporting. We as a team have sort of three key roles. I think one, we're trying to influence the future of reporting. So we do a lot of work with regulators, standard setters, um, and other sort of key stakeholders. Two is to better understand market trends, market insights. Um, So we're looking at reporting practices, both both current and emerging here in the UK, but also elsewhere globally. And I think third and, and most interesting for me is really trying to help companies shape and improve the quality of their reporting.
0: That sounds like a big old role, Mark. you busy, is. must be busy. I'm lucky yeah. to have you here today. So one thing you didn't mention there, but a term I hear a lot is narrative reporting. What is narrative reporting? I think
1: it depends on whether you're talking to a cynic or someone that's interested in it. If you're a cynic, then it's really the the fluff, the marketing, the, the lovely pictures at the front of the document. And for me, it is the sort of contextual information that, that allows a reader to better understand um the quality of the financial performance. So when we're looking at it, it's about all the sort of information that you better understand a company's sort of market environment in which they operate, their strategy, uh, the risks they face, their business model, their key resources and relationships, their key measures of success. So it's, it's a lot of that sort of um, qualitative, quantitative information that supports the financial performance.
0: Not just the debits and credits. Exactly. I'm always looking at the fluff at the front. When you're doing a review of the numbers, you've got to understand a bit of context. So I think, you know, narrative reporting is very important.
1: You'd be amazed at, you know, the number of people that sort of you know, when when the mic is off, admit to reading <laughs> the front.
0: The That's board. not me. No, He's looking at me know, like exactly. you're one of them, Ruth. I promise I'll read it. Okay, so can you give us some tips? Like what is effective in narrative reporting and why is it important? Well I think that Are-
1: I'll answer the, the, the second question first. I mean, why is it important? Well, I think that, you know, we have done over 15 years of research with investors globally, and they tell us that it it's the information that is critically important to better understand the quality and sustainability of financial performance. So you know how a company has performed, uh, but how sustainable is that performance? You need that context. You need to understand the where they're um, operating, what their strategy is, where they're going next, to be able to forecast with confidence. So that's why it's important. And we've recently, as a firm, finished out our latest sort of global survey of investors. And we asked them, you know, what is the key information that influences your investment decision, uh, both now and in the future? And the top three are an understanding of a business and how it makes money, the quality of its strategy. And the credibility of management. So that financial information wasn't in the top three, it's not even yeah. in the top five. So it's it's important information that's that's necessary, I think. In terms of you know, what does it mean in terms of who you know what is it what is good narrative reporting, I think we are looking for that balance between the qualitative and the quantitative. But most importantly for me, we're looking for the strategic relevance of that information not the gloss and the pr and the marketing spin but really information that is that has strategy at its spine that is properly integrated into how a company communicates both the where it's going but how it's going to get there
0: Breaking my heart there, financial. I <laughs> <financially> know, I'm, <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's good to know what people are interested in. And you mentioned there a PwC report. I presume people can get that on pwc.com if they wanted to read the full report.
1: Not yet. It's hot off the press, but Ooh, it will be out
0: soon. Excellent. Okay. So, what's going on in globally in the world of narrative reporting?
1: Yeah, so I mean, much of my focus over the last two or three years has been on the UK, but if you go back for the 15 plus years that I've been involved in reporting, narrative reporting and the quality of of narrative reporting was always a a global phenomenon. It always struck me how you would find snippets of good quality reporting around the globe, from Australia to South Africa to Singapore to Germany and so forth. And I think what was interesting was how different territories were driven almost by the local issues and also the local cultures. So you know in Scandinavia there was a huge focus on social environmental reporting. What we're starting to see now of course is we're operating in a in a very much a sort of global connected world and those sort of local trends are becoming global issues. And I think globally what we're seeing is a is a mistrust in business and a call for companies to be able to better demonstrate the contribution they make to and the impact they have on society more broadly mm-hmm. and we're seeing those calls for greater accountability stewardship and transparency manifest themselves in sort of global initiatives mm-hmm. so we've had the task force for, for climate related financial disclosures tcfd mm-hmm. and we've got the um, sustainable development goals and i think it's it's most obviously manifesting itself in integrated reporting this sort of global initiative that is finding its way into both regulation, corporate governance codes, and and, and recommended practice globally.
0: Okay, so you mentioned their integrated reporting, another buzzword. What does that mean? <laughs> Break yeah. it down for us. Yeah,
1: so it's it was established by the um, International Integrated Reporting Council. <laughs> Let's just say the IIRC. <laughs> It is, at its heart, it is a reporting framework that picks up on many of the things that I've been talking about earlier. So it, it is, it's encouraging a company to provide a more longer term focus in their reporting, to focus on both the, the sort of financial and the non-financial aspects A real focus on stakeholders and stewardship, but at the heart of it, it's all about the sustainability of a business—not sustainability in its broadest sense, but the sustainability of business over the long term in order to generate returns both for shareholders and stakeholders. Many of the the moving parts of that framework are consistent with what you see elsewhere. So the company, you know, it's encouraging companies to provide more insight into its market, its strategy, its business model, its risks—things we've been talking about. But as I say, it's it's at the heart is it's a reporting framework, but it requires integrated thinking within the, within the business and the quality of, of information internally. So that's, that's the sort of nuance.
0: Yeah. So on that, on integrated reporting, is there anywhere where you've seen particularly well executed or really good examples?
1: Integrated reporting is at is different stages of development globally. So it's mandated in South Africa and Denmark, and there's some good examples there. Yeah. It's being embedded into the governance codes in India and, and Japan and elsewhere, and so we're starting to see a groundswell of interest and momentum there. And then also in the likes of the UK and elsewhere, the model, the framework itself is broadly consistent with what the regulatory model is. So there isn't one territory where you suddenly say, actually, you know, that they've got it right. <laughs> It actually requires, going back to to, to what I said earlier, it actually requires a a change in mindset, a change in Mm -hmm. the culture of reporting. And so I think a lot of companies are on on, on a journey here. But what I would say to to those listening is, if you want to see some of the best examples out there, you can't do better than actually go to the IIRC. I'm not going to say the full (laughs) website, because they actually host a global examples database. Okay, brilliant. And you can search by country by industry by by area of the framework and it brings to life some some really good examples
0: okay that's really helpful thank you so we talked a little bit there about you know what is narrative reporting what's integrated reporting what's going on in the mm. globe yep. your other role you said is looking very excited looking to the future of reporting so what's going on in that space
1: yeah it's, I mean it's really interesting time for me so I mean I think much of the focus and much of the discussion we see going on about the future of reporting remains on what companies report so that traditional model of you have a company they communicate to the user to the shareholder to the stakeholder so it's focused on the depth breadth and quality of what they report what should be valued you know and how far less about how companies communicate and through what channels you know technology is disrupting all walks of life everything (laughs) everything But the reporting model seems to be immune to that. And there is little discussion around how technology is going to, I think, fundamentally disrupt today's reporting model. I mean, we're already starting to see investors using information from you know, shipping container data to um, geolocation data yeah. on your mobiles. And they're using that to sort of support and corroborate the investment decisions they're making. So I, I, you know, I envisage a time with, you know, virtual reality, blockchain, machine learning, AI more broadly, where users will be able to source the inf- what information they want, when they want it and how they want it. And a lot of that information won't be company sourced. So I think in the future, there will be question marks over that traditional reporting model. Companies will have to grapple with, a model where they don't control the message and indeed i think there will be a breakdown in trust if they try and control the message but regulators auditors companies will are going to have to change their models to respond yeah and it's coming soon we you know again the survey that i mentioned but isn't published yet you know it we might are by the by live. i was hoping edited all this this <laughs> mumbling down but you know we ask them you know over what time frame do they think some of these technological advancements will take place and they're talking about the next three to five years yeah so you know we have to be ready for that and and we're starting to see companies react i think regulators also are going to have to do the same
0: yeah i read something about you know on your phone you turn on your location so they can track where you are and they use that with like looking at how many people going into stores and that is more valuable data than you know yeah so i mean financials
1: you know i Don't get me wrong, I think financial information is going to remain the bedrock of investment decisions for a long time to come. And undoubtedly, you know, investors and other users are going to be wanting to look for, you know, trusted, you know, standardised financial information as the basis to start to forecast, you know, Future performance, but as you say, they are starting to use a lot of this other information to actually begin to predict what sales per square feet yeah. are going to be like, and that, and then they're using that. They're, they're starting to sort of correlate what their expectations are with what the numbers are to therefore begin to to educate themselves and to teach, you know, the the, the machines to yeah. do a lot of this analysis themselves. So yeah. you know, change is coming. It's going to be scary.
0: Yeah, there's just so much data out there. I mean, it's scary, but it's exciting. Yeah, I
1: mean, I think the, the challenge is that there is a huge amount of data out there. It's how that data is translated into, you know, information that can be used. So I think that that is where you know we're not there yet, and I think there is a role to play for companies to to support that, and and for auditors and others.
0: Yeah, and you slightly touched on it there anyway, but you know totally destroying my job. But can you see a time where financial information there you said will play a role, but there's so much data out there. Can you see it almost taking less and less a role? And yeah. do you think we'll still have like year end financials or will it be real time data and just putting you on the spot? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean I,
1: undoubtedly it's gonna play it's gonna be it's gonna play a, a, a far less relevant role. And, you know, you talk to some of the investors out there and that you know, even in the past two or three years you know, whereas before, it was sort of ninety percent of their work was based on that financial information, not just at the year end, but the quarterly data, the half year data, and any other information as it's put out. And now we're said they're, they're talking about it being down at fifty percent of the work that they do, and it'll only decline even yeah. further. But as I say, I think there will be a role for it to to, to play. I I don't know about real time. I, I like the the phrase right time. Um, I you know I. A question: Whether actually there's merit in information that's constantly no, available? Because you know, <laughs> when do you get that opportunity to step back and really reflect? Um, so I still think that there will be a, a role for it, but I think the frequency of it will increase, and we've just got to react to that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and regulators, I'm guessing, have got a real challenge there as well. Yeah, they um, have.
1: I, I, you know, I th- I, I'm encouraged by 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 some of the things that that, that, that are being talked about. You know, here in the UK, we've got the FRC's Reporting Lab. They've got a, 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 a sort of digital future project that's very much looking at the impact of blockchain, XBRL, and so forth on reporting. But I'm still concerned that you know, beyond that, a lot of the discussion is still still feels to be to me to be focused on how you can improve the quality of a a report. And we all know that in today's world, it's it's not a report, it's digital, it's online. And I think that's, you know, I think a number of regulators are going to have to step up and, um, and respond
0: really excited I feel like we could have a whole podcast on the future reporting will you come back Mark soon
1: uh, definitely
0: we'll, have, we'll talk about that for 20 minutes for our, uh, our listeners so coming to the end of this podcast are there any you mentioned the IIRC <laughs> website I can't well get done, it out no, at no. all <laughs> just fell off the tongue yeah, exactly. but any other places people can look for trends or useful information
1: yeah I mean of course I mean you know it would be holding me to plug my website or another firm's website but if you go on to I'm always to, plugging I know but if you go on to to PwC and corporate reporting website there there's a lot of material there that includes I mean annually in the UK we do a review of the FTSE 350 but also includes a lot of our material around integrated reporting as well as a series of reporting tips that I would encourage you know individuals to look at because again we, we sort of we pick apart particular aspects of reporting whether it's reporting around tax or sustainability or business model and just try and highlight a good example and why we think it's good and and therefore i think hopefully that will inspire others to improve the quality of the reporting
0: brilliant that has been so interesting thank you so much for joining us mark we will definitely have you back soon Uh, thank you to everyone for listening i'm your host ruth pretty happy accounting the preceding program was brought to you by price Waterhouse coopers llp This content is for general information purposes and is not a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.